Bismillah, walhamdulillah, salatu salamu ala rasulillah. Welcome back to another installment of Fiqh Fridays. My name is Joe Bradford and we are on the fifth issue of Qaddumi's Elementary Hanbali Primer in Arabic known as Al-Ajwibatul Jaliyah Fil-Ahkam Al-Hanbaliyah. So uh, the author says, rahimahullah, what is the ruling on parts of carrion? Ma hukmu ajza' al-mayta? Now the word mayta in Arabic is translated as carrion. Carrion in uh, the English language, meaning dead meat, dead animals, carcasses. Uh, sometimes people just put dead animals. Some people will put, you know, carcasses. Um, carrion is the correct term. Uh, bones and horns of carrion are impure, as well as its skin. It is not purified through tanning. If, however, it was tanned, then it is permissible to use with dry goods to the exclusion of liquids. Hair, wool, and feathers are pure if they are from an animal considered pure while alive, even if not edible like a cat. So what's the author saying here? The author saying here is, if you have an animal which is permissible for you to eat and you slaughter and then tan the skin of that animal then it is permissible to use in all instances and in all ways. If you pull the hair, wool, or feathers from an animal, then they are considered pure if that animal was pure, even if you can't eat that animal, like a cat. If you have the skin of an animal which is impure or the hair, wool, or feathers of an animal which is impure, then those are impure regardless, like the pig. What is the author in, or, or, or what is the author speaking of specifically in this? He's talking about what is not apparent from the text, okay, or what is not apparent from the, 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 the corpus of texts about the subject. And that is what happens when you have an animal which was pure in its lifetime but died and then you wanted to use part of it. So notice how he says, the bones and the horns of carrion are impure, as well as its skin. But he makes a difference between that and the hair, wool, and feathers. And this is, uh, this is a difference in the type of life that scholars talked about. Okay, And this, this difference actually comes up in several other issues in fiqh. Number one is hayatu numu, the the life that has to do with cellular growth only. If you ever find a dead body, then sometimes if that dead body has been left for too long, its nails will grow, its hair will grow, right? Even though it's been dead for some time because it's cellular growth. It's not the growth which comes from 
uh, the life spirit in it. It's it's not growth that comes from um, the, the 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 adaptation of that that body or that animal to something. It's simply cellular growth. So it comes. It's a it's a it's a function of the cells dividing and the cells growing. It's not a function of the body. Uh, uh, it's not a function of the body delivering nutrition to the rest of the body and then the flesh uh, growing, so on and so forth. And some of you out there who are probably scientists and medical professors uh, and, and medical professionals can probably explain this better than I can. So the author here is making a difference between these two things. He's saying, look, if something grows on the animal, which it's not con connected to the animal, it's only cellular growth. It's only growth which can be, which is eventually sheds or removes, like its hair, like its wool, like its feathers, then that is considered pure. As long as what? The animal is considered pure, even if it's not edible. And then he gives an example, like a cat. We never slaughter cats, right? Which is why uh, you, if a cat were to die, right, and you were to use its hair, I'm not saying this is great, guys, but if you were to use its hair, then it would be pure for you to use. Why? Because it was pure in its lifetime when it was with you. Why? Because hair is a, is a, uh, it separates itself from the body. It is not part and parcel of the, 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 um, the, the progenitive or the, 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 the growth of that, of that body as a whole. It's just the cellular growth from, for, for, for hair, hair and nails and all of that. This is different than bones and horns. Bones and horns uh, are considered impure. Why the horn? Because the horn was looked at by scholars of this time as being the same as the bone. And if you said that the bone was the basis from which that the blood came from because of the bone marrow, so on and so forth, then the growth of the bone is like the growth of the horn. And therefore, both of them are impure. Well, what about the skin? So, the skin is an interesting, um, interesting position in the the madhab. Why? Well, because we're between two hadith. One is the hadith. I believe it's narrated in Sunan Abi Dawood, and if you all um, know differently, correct me. Any skin that was tanned is purified. And the majority of scholars took that to mean that regardless of whether that skin was the skin of an animal that was slaughtered correctly or incorrectly, died naturally, or of some accident, that if it was tanned then it could be used, regardless of if it being used in dry, for storage of dry, dry goods or wet goods. So how do you do dry goods? Usually you take, it, you take the skin, um, you would tan it, and then you, can also, you could also 
dip it in um, in hot oil and essentially form it to a form that would basically act like a bowl or a carrying case. Um, if you were to use it in uh, in for not dried goods but for wet goods, then you're usually going to sew it up and um, and treat it in some way that's going to make it watertight again. Usually, so that the ends of the skin ends of the, the skin when they touch each other, then they, they, the mucous membrane reforms and it's tightened through thread and it might even be, there might even be some kind of a membrane that's used to, to tighten, to, to, to seal that. And then it's used like a water skin or whatever, you know, and, and they'd either keep water in it or they would keep um, uh, milk, right? Um, that they would, or they would make yogurt in it. Um, and that's generally called kirba. If you ever heard this word kirba, then that's what they're talking about. So, you're between two hadith. Any skin that was tanned has become pure. And there is another hadith which is narrated um, is narrated by Abdullah ibn Ukain. Uh, and this is the hadith that the Prophet والسلام, or that Abdullah ibn Ukaim says, Atana kitab Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qabla wafatihi bi shahrin aw shahrain. The hadith of Abdullah ibn Ukaim is narrated by um, uh, the, the, the five books of hadith. And the timing, however, is not mentioned by Abu Dawud or Ahmed. And it says the message or the 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 letter of the Messenger of Allah came to us before his death by one or two months. And it said, that you do not benefit from carrion by by use of its skin nor its guts. And uh, Abd, uh, Imam Ahmed commented on this hadith saying, ma aslaha, uh, ma aslahu isnadahu. How good is its isnad? Uh, also, um, it's been said that this is the, the, the more authentic hadith of on, the, on this issue. Okay, so you have then a hadith that says, use any skin, you have the hadith of Maymunah radiallahu anha that she found a dead goat and that was given to her by a servant girl. Um, and the Prophet said, Why didn't they go and take its skin and tan it and use it in some way? So they're juggling these different hadith. Okay? One hadith says, right before the Prophet died, don't use these skins. The other hadith says, why didn't you guys use these skins? So in trying to reconcile these different hadith, they said, well, if we're to interpret the prohibition, the prohibition, and we look at the actions of the Sahaba after the, de the death of the Prophet, then we can understand what they understood from it. And we find that when they went to Faris, when they went to Persia, uh, 
they used the uh, saddles and um, the different leather products that were there, uh, w which were not used in uh, for wet goods, but they were used for dry goods. So they understood that the prohibition of not using the skin of a dead animal was similar to the prohibition of not using its also of not using its guts or its cartilage or anything like that. Anything that would, would, would result in the mucous membrane or the wet, the, the whatever was wet of that animal um, being in touch with food stuff or something which was consumed would not be permissible. But anything that was dry would be permissible. And even though there's there, someone might say um, that, well, isn't this thing najis? Aren't these things najasa? Well, the najasa aspect of it doesn't pro doesn't doesn't um, preempt you benefiting from it. It simply preempts you using it in food stuff in a way which would then uh, inviolate or 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 make filthy your food stuff. So just like dogs are considered um, impure in the Hanbali Madhab, but you're still allowed to hunt with them. Similarly, leather that comes from carrion is considered impure in the Hanbali Madhab. You're just not allowed to use it in food stuff and wet goods, which would then corrupt the purity of those goods. And from this, they understood that before you tan the skin of a dead animal, you can't use it in any way whatsoever. You can't use it in any way whatsoever. But after it's been tanned, if it came from an animal which um, was slaughtered properly, you can use it in wet goods and dry goods. If it came from an animal that had died naturally or was killed or was slaughtered improperly, then it can only be used in in uh, dry goods, not wet goods, so that there would be no transitive effect of the mucous membrane of that skin onto the wet goods that it was carrying. And so that sums up uh, question five of Qadumi's primer. And essentially what the author is trying to impart to us is Let's understand the different types of life that are uh, imparted uh, or that animals um, are described by and how that affects what essentially is the only thing to affect the, the prohibition and that is the whether or whether or not that thing which is nedges is going to be used in food stuff which could be corrupted or not. So if it is, then it's not permissible. If it is not, then to use it is permissible, but it's just not permissible to sell it. Um, just like we mentioned, hunting dogs, so on and so forth. So um, I hope that this was a good introduction to the topic and probably I, I when I think back to what I just um, went through, probably need to kind of like hash this out a little bit more so that everybody can understand um, and really see how those hadith. And maybe if we do a longer class on this book, 
then we can do that. But that's it for now. Fridays. Hope you all enjoyed it. And inshallah ta'ala, see you next Friday for the next installment. Wassalamu alaikum.